Today's episode is brought to you by King Realty and Management Incorporated, a full-service residential real estate brokerage with a multi-generational approach. Are you looking to invest in real estate here in Texas? Or better yet, are you looking to sell your home? Be sure to contact King Realty and Management. Visit kingrealtytx.com slash podcast. Millennial versus Machine, how I got someone else to pay off my student loan debt and how you can do the same thing. Let's jump right into today's conversation. Hey guys, it's Courtney again with another episode of Millennial versus Machine. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. As you know, I got someone else to pay off my student loan debt and I'm sharing that story with you and also teaching you how to do the same thing. So today I have a special guest in the house. Um, before I introduce her, I do want to give a little bit of a disclaimer. This episode is purely... Uh, informative. We're not providing tax advice or any legal advice. And at the end of the day, make sure that you reach out to a qualified CPA tax professional um, before you dive right into what we're going to be talking about today. So I want to introduce to you Barbara J. Thompson. She is a CPA that is based out of Frisco, Texas. How are you today, Barbara? I'm good, Courtney. How are you doing? Good. Before I have you introduce yourself, I wanted to just share a a brief little story. So um, I happened to be in Dallas and uh, attended a networking event in Frisco and uh, connected with Barbara. And immediately I was drawn to her because she is a seasoned CPA. And that's one of those things that First of all, we all need an awesome CPA on our team. But the second thing is she is also a a mortgage lender. And I haven't met a CPA slash mortgage lender before. So I was really, really intrigued. And then we got to talking about her millennial kids and how I'm a millennial and how I'm teaching people um, how to get someone else to pay off their student loan debt. So I just wanted to share that brief story with our audience on how we met. So um, I guess I want you to get started, Barbara, just to introduce yourself, give us a little bit of a background, uh, your experience, and, and kind of what you do for a living. Well, my name is Barbara, and I have a CPA practice up in Frisco, Texas. And I've been doing that about 10 years. Before that, I was in the mortgage business for over 20. So uh, definitely seasoned. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I am the mother of millennials, but, uh, you know, as this is probably targeting the millennials, I understand them well. <laughs> yeah. But uh, now I I do tax returns, uh, tax planning, do a little bit of bookkeeping and uh, do some retirement and estate planning, as well as help people with qualifying for mortgages. Uh, I've got a lot of real estate clients, uh, a lot of fresh people trying to get into the business uh, who need some guidance on, you know, how they're going to report that on their taxes and what are the tax advantages. So uh, I'm definitely connected with, uh, with the real estate industry, the mortgages and, and also all the tax implications and those advantages. So. 
Amazing. And guys, just a quick little note, I'm going to provide you with Barbara's uh, full contact information, social media and everything in the show notes. So make sure you um, reach out to her. Uh, One of the things, Barbara, when we were speaking at that networking event that I loved is you were talking about how you do have quite a few millennial clients. And one of the things that you've been pushing them towards is um, real estate investing amongst other strategies, obviously, depending on the person. And so I, one of the reasons why I started investing in real estate is because of the tax benefits, right? Um, I don't have any kids and therefore I'm taxed at a pretty high rate. (laughs) Um, Before I started investing, I really didn't have that many deductions. I was a W-2 employee. And so um, just hearing that you are using that um, strategy, real estate investing as a strategy to reduce people's um, tax liability just made me super interested in talking to you and then sharing um, what you have to say and your expertise with our audience. So um, I appreciate that. We could, I know taxes uh, and all of that is just this huge thing. And, and I think that especially among my generation, it's a little bit overwhelming. So I know you and I have talked about Um, three main things that we can focus on on this episode. Um, So the first one that I wanted to dive into first is um, the basis of a property, you know, specifically when you're buying a rental property. So can you explain what that is and why they need to consider that and, and what they need to consider? Well, uh, some of the, you know, tax advantages of having a rental are, the passive income, which is not subject to the self-employment taxes. So uh, you are getting just the federal tax rate on any income, but because of the depreciation and all the expenses that you can put toward a rental, then you're able to almost have zero income and some cash flow that you can use for student loans and other debts. So uh, it does provide a cash flow, even though depreciation is not, considered a cash tax item, it Mm -hmm. still gives a deduction. So the first important thing to do is establish the cost basis of your property, either you're purchasing, inheriting, or turning your personal resident into a, a rental. So you need to establish the cost. So for purchasing, for purposes of simplicity, you're just going to use your purchase price plus the closing costs. And then the land is usually included in that. And then um, any improvements that you make to the property. You can also include the furnishings if you buy for a rental and your furnishing or any of the other expenses that go into that. So the basis is mainly the big cost. Okay. And some of the other ones are uh, just direct expenses. So establishing the cost basis is what you're going to use to depreciate the property. Okay. So quick question, just because I think um, I just want to kind of want to bring it down to, okay. to its simplest form. Um, when you talk about, okay, the purchase price plus the closing costs, and then you also mentioned the cost of like repairs. Is that what you said that that factors into that total basis? Well, you can segregate them out. You can put, you want the building and you segregate out the land. The land is not a depreciable item. So just the building in a rental building, you can do a straight line depreciation over 27 and a half years. Okay. That Um, that makes sense. And 
And then repairs, you can directly either expense depending on the cost and what the repair is. If it's a major repair, then you can also do that as a separate cost basis item. And with the new tax law, you're able to completely write those those large repairs off. But it all depends on if you need the write-off. Oh, okay. Yeah. How how do you determine? (laughs) I mean, like, are you looking at the total tax picture? Yes, you got to look at the total tax picture of someone's income, if they need the tax deduction, if they're already losing money uh, cash flow wise because they're able to take depreciation on the property, then you may not need the accelerated type of depreciation to get you down. Okay. Uh, So normally, if you were to take the the cost of, of the property minus the value of the land and you divide that by 27 and a half that figures what you can deduct every year for 20 to seven and a half years. Yes. Every year. Okay. And then you said accelerated depreciation that only applies to what? Yeah. So if you did a major improvement or uh, you added an HVAC system or something like that, then you can put that as a separate item. And if you need the deduction in the current year, you pay for it you can get a 100% write-off on it called the Section 179 for bonus depreciation. Okay. Okay. This is good. You know, I've never really did the segregation, to be honest with you, in in my taxes. It's like I've only taken the value of the the structure itself, but I've never itemized those those things. And I I think that is just my ignorance, (laughs) to be honest. That's why I have you here. Yeah. Well, it's not always advantageous. There's a lot of other consequences when you do that. Yeah. So it, it really needs to be analyzed when, and it's at the time you actually purchase the property and put it into a rental situation. Okay. That's the when, that's when you decide. So uh, the other thing that I thought about is the purpose of calculating the basis is not only to be able to calculate your depreciation, but also you need to know that because if you go to sell it in the future, then potentially whatever gain you report um, is based on that basis, correct? Yes, it's based on the basis and how much you've depreciated over the time that you've owned the rental. Okay, okay. Can you uh, break down what depreciate means? I know I'm kind of putting you on the spot here. Uh, well, depreciation is just the, I guess, in simple terms, the wear and tear of a property, uh, even though really real estate most of the time or a lot of the time appreciates, mm-hmm. it's still you're using the property and it's like if you were to have a car, that's more of a depreciate depreciable item that is really depreciating. So you're not going to get higher money for that. So they, they give the concept to real estate, even though real estate is a different animal when it comes to the price. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I just want to make sure that as we're throwing out different terms of uh, our audience is, is understanding of these terms. Um, another thing that I thought was interesting is you, you mentioned major improvements, right? To a yes. property. Mm-hmm. Can you break down, for example, let's say um, somebody purchased a property now and they have to do some renovation work. They have to replace carpet. They have to repaint Mm -hmm. the house. Um, Let's say they have to replace appliances and countertops. Are all of those things um, tax deductible or? Well, you can make the decision. Okay. You actually have the cash outlay the, the year that you purchased those items. 
you can make the decision if you need to take some additional losses Mm -hmm. that year, then you can write those off through section 179 or through this 100% depreciation. Now that's new with the new tax law that started in 2018. Okay. Those expire in, in a few years, but you know, they may be extended, but right now it's the new tax law is a tax advantage for rental property owners. If they want that upfront accelerated yeah. cost to be able to have the write-offs. And real quick, just to all of my listeners, it is so important to make sure you are consulting with a CPA or tax professional um, because there's a lot of intricacies. And just like Barbara said, you may only take part of the deductions one year and part of the deductions another year, but you have to look at the total picture, you know? And and honestly, I think... (laughs) Even to me, some of these things are a little bit complex, you know? Yeah. Yeah, because it also depends on your the rest of your tax situation and what, what you're doing. So you're not in an isolated decision-making mode. Yeah, exactly. Okay, the other thing that I wanted to um, address, because we talked about basis of the property. That's the first thing. Um, then we talked about depreciation um, and depreciating uh, other um you know, furnishings, appliances, and all of those things. The last thing I wanted to talk about are other expenses that are deductible. Can you um, talk a little bit about those other um, possible deductions? Yeah. So you kind of have it in a nutshell of if I were to buy this property and is this expense something that I would normally have, or is it something that I would do just because I have the rental? So you can do kind of a logic check. Okay. So other items are, you know, obviously when you have a mortgage, you have the mortgage interest deduction, any PMI insurance, homeowners insurance, real estate costs. Now you have to actually pay those in the year that you want to deduct them. You can't pay them in January and backdate them okay. to the prior year. So um, <laughs> you've got HOA fees that you pay on behalf of the, the rental uh, tenants, mm-hmm. or you've got um, commissions you pay for any help in leasing the property and also property management fees, mm-hmm. uh, any utilities or things like that. You can also take some of your mileage when you're going back and forth to the property. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't have the sheet in front of me, but uh, those are kind of the basic, basic. Yeah, you, you hit it on the head. Absolutely. So for those people, like let's say they are out of Texas, out of state, um, but they are investing here in Texas if they make a trip to meet with their real estate broker um, or visit their property and do a walkthrough, that also is a business expense, right? Yes. That, that they may that be able to deduct. Yeah. 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 Now looking for the property initially is not a deduction, but Ooh, once you've secured the property and you're looking at what you're buying, you know, you've already purchased property and you, are visiting for your tenants or leasing or anything like that. Yeah. That is a deductible travel expense. That is good. I didn't know um, that, that even searching for the property is not. So that's, that's interesting. And my situation is a little bit unique because I am considered a real estate professional. Yeah. There is a difference in dealer and investor. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so guys, if you're listening to this, these are items for those of you that are not in real estate, you're not, um, you know, full-time real estate professionals. So um, this is great. It's 
Is there anything that you think our audience, um, especially because a lot of them listening are millennials and they're looking to, to purchase um, rental property, is there anything else that maybe we haven't covered um, that you think they should know? Um, well, the, the one thing about millennials and also it, it really depends on how much you can deduct based on the passive loss rules. Mm -hmm. So if you're an active participant in your rental property, then you will actually be able to take deductions less than the income that comes in up to actually 25% to 25,000 of the expenses that you have, you can take against your W2 income uh, or other income that you have from other sources. Okay. So what happens is you end up, you've paid in federal taxes on W2 income and here you have this $5,000 additional deduction, then you're able to get some of that federal tax back. Okay. But end up, you know, possibly getting a refund or paying less at the end of the day. That's, on your tax returns. That's good. When you said something that I think is a kind of the indicator, which is materially participating, right? Yes. Yeah. Break active that down. Material. What does that mean? Well, you have to be active in, you know, helping with the tenant and maybe doing some of the repairs and being, um, so this is where, so this might go against, you might want to edit this out. Okay. This might go against what you want is, you know, you want people to use your property management. Yes. So if I say you're active, that means not using a, a property management company. Okay. So I don't know if you want me to go into all that. <laughs> um, if it's worthwhile, because there's going to be some people that okay. decide to self-manage. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to you know, take away from. No, 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 absolutely. I, I give everybody the, the option, right? <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. So yeah. I actually, I actually did read your book okay. this morning. It was a very quick read. <laughs> Thank you. It was. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So a lot of people use the, the property managers for, and it, it is a cost-effective way of doing it. If you are not and you're participating as, uh, if you're actively participating in the management activities of the property, you can be considered active or materially participating. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, that qualifies you to take that additional twenty up to twenty five thousand of losses. So that's when you make the decision whether to, you know, write off that. Uh, HVAC system or the carpet, or if you want to keep it and write it off over time, are you eligible for those deductions? It depends on the rest of your tax situation. Oh, okay. How That's much good. you make, how much your income is and how, how much you actively participate. There is okay. a cutoff. If you make over 150,000 in other income, you're not able to take that loss. Mm, that's year. good to know. Yeah. What happens is it just carries forward. So when you carry forward a loss, you're able to use that loss at the time you sell against any capital gains that you have. Oh, that's really good. That's really, really good to know. Guys, this is just an initial conversation to spark thoughts. Okay. Like there is mounds and mounds of emails, articles, books about this stuff. <laughs> so Barbara, if somebody wants to reach out to you, um, which I highly recommend, 
to begin the conversation of looking at their overall tax um, status and situation, tax or financial picture, um, before they get started investing in real estate, how can they reach out to you? But the best way is uh, either my email. So I guess the first thing to do uh, when you're looking at investing in a property is do I qualify to, to get this uh, mortgage? Mm-hmm. So that's my mortgage arm. So that I have a website and that's Barbara Thompson. Um, yeah, edit that out. I think this is backward on my card. So my email is barbara.thompson at nrlmortgage.com. Okay. And then NRL mortgage slash Barbara Thompson is the the website to go to where you can actually apply online. You don't even have to talk to me. There's an application that you can apply. Okay. And then I can take you through the steps. Mm -hmm. So the first thing to do, you know, when you're looking at a property is, is how you're going to pay for it. Mm -hmm. So next then what you'll end up doing is, okay, you qualify, your credit score is good or not. You know, how much income do you have? Do you have the debt to income ratio to be able to afford this? If not, then there's ways to increase people's FICO scores. And it may take a little bit extra time for them to get to that point, mm-hmm. but they may, um, if they're aggressive about it, they, they're going to take those steps to do it. Yeah. And uh, also, what is their tax situation? How can that help them if they want to get to that level of actually understanding what that means? If they're just looking at cash flow and how they're going to pay off their student loans or how they're going to pay off their other debt, mm-hmm. then um, then they may not be as interested in that aspect. Mm-hmm. So, but tax wise, I can be at Barbara at barbarajthompsoncpa.com is my email address, and that's okay. the best way to get a hold of me. Awesome, guys. Again, all of this information is tagged in the show notes. I would love for you to reach out to Barbara, even if it's just a, hey, I heard you on the podcast or an initial conversation on how to get pre-approved for a mortgage. Um, She's a one-stop shop in that respect. We basically killed uh, two to three birds with one stone here. So make sure you reach out to Barbara. I appreciate you guys um, tuning into another episode of Millennial versus Machine. Make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. I would really appreciate it. And if you want more information on the book, um, on our upcoming brunch tour, um, and everything that we have going on here at Millennial versus Machine, make sure you go visit CourtneyMKing.com. That's CourtneyMKing.com. Thanks again, Barbara. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Oh, you're welcome. You have a great day too. Thank you. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to continue the conversation, be sure to visit CourtneyMKing.com slash community. And oh, by the way, please subscribe, share, rate, and review this podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. And so would your peeps who are looking to get out of student loan debt. Until next time.